wonderful to be here with all of you. Uh, what a gift as God gathers us and we're able to hear his word. And God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and through our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, for many of us, the past few months uh, have been a little crazy, a little unusual, and maybe even a little difficult uh, for some of us. There are things going on in our lives that seem really unfair uh, at times. For some, it's been the social isolation, uh, being stuck at home, feeling trapped, uh, like, man, I can't go and see the people I want to see. I can't do the things I want to do. Uh, and that can just feel almost like we're stuck and wanting to break out, be very, very frustrating and seem unfair. Uh, for others, it's been the additional burdens placed upon us in our work life. Maybe all of a sudden, I'm used to going in at a certain time now I'm having to figure out how to work from home, uh, what that looks like if I'm working with others. Uh, and then if we throw in uh, home life along with our work life and those things interacting with each other, crossing over with each other, uh, there may be times when you get in the middle of the week and you're thinking, what day is it again? <laughs> uh, of everything coming together and figuring out how to do that. Uh, when kids were in school, maybe you were doing work life and your kids were doing school life at home and you were trying to balance all those things. Uh, still for others, it's been losses that they've experienced. Uh, we know people have lost opportunities to celebrate in person, birthdays, graduations, weddings, all these things come to mind where there's a deep loss of not being able to gather and celebrate and be with one another. Uh, we know people who have lost the ability to provide financially for themselves, to provide financially for their families, uh, and just the weight and the burden that comes with that. Uh, Lord, this seems so unfair. This is difficult. And then ultimately, we know people who have lost loved ones at this time, uh, whether from COVID or from something else, uh, but they haven't been able to be with them. They haven't been able to say their goodbyes, to comfort them, uh, to have some closure around that uh, and how difficult that is. Uh, how difficult it is when we're out of our comfort zone and so many things that are frustrating to us and seem so unfair. The book of Psalms has been a prayer book for the church for the past 3,000 years. And usually we think of the Psalms as songs and prayers uh, that praise God and that lift our voices to him in praise and thanksgiving. And that is true. Uh, but more than one-third of the 150 psalms also have some form of lament. And what's a lament? A lament is a way that we express our sadness. It's a way that we express our frustration. Uh, frustration over things that can seem unfair in our lives, unfair with others and how they deal with us. Uh, our laments can be expressed in different ways. Uh, some of us may, may show our lament in crying. Others may show our lament in shouting and in frustration and in anger. Uh, we may feel depressed uh, and just be in a down mood. Uh, we may clam up. We may shove all those emotions that we have, the frustrations and laments that we have, we shove those things down. Uh, at times, uh, in our lament, we may even protest. We may even get in people's face uh, and demonstrate and express our lament. There's been a lot of protesting going on lately. Uh, protesting uh, over things that seem really unfair in different people's lives. Uh, we've seen protests against the shelter in place. 
Why do I have to stay in the same place? Why can't I go out and do something else? Uh, we've seen protests against unsafe work conditions. Uh, oftentimes we pray for our essential workers, but I know some of them feel like that they are expendable workers, that they're saying, hey, our workplace is not safe. You're putting us in danger. We're protesting against that. Uh, there's been protests over whether to wear a mask or not wear a mask, right? You see all these people on the news where somebody's upset because somebody says, you need to wear a mask, no I don't, and all of a sudden they are literally going at it, protesting these feelings of frustration and anger coming out. There's protests against racial discrimination and injustice. We've seen that not only in our country, in our communities, but even around the world, of saying this is not fair that certain groups of people are being treated differently than others. We're protesting against that. We're, we're expressing our frustration and our anger. This is not okay. This is not just. And the crazy thing is we've even seen protests over other people's protests. Uh, that literally people are protesting, others come to protest their protest. There's a lot of frustration and anger over things that seem unfair and then unjust. And protest is really a form of lament. We feel saddened and frustrated and angry because of things that are unfair. We feel ignored. We feel that no one is acting on our behalf, speaking and advocating for us, and our level of frustration just boils over and comes out in protest. So today, we're going to look at Psalm 13. And if you have at home, if you've got your phone with a Bible app or you have your, your physical Bible, I encourage you to open that up to Psalm 13. We read that earlier. It's just six verses, but it's, a, it's an amazing psalm. We're going to walk through that. So again, if you can have Psalm 13 in front of you, that's very helpful. Uh, psalm 13 is a psalm of lament. Uh, it is a psalm of frustration and anger uh, from King David. Uh, that he wrote it, we're not sure exactly of the time, but you can see King David, he, he's protesting, he's coming and lamenting uh, of things that are unfair in his life or things that he's frustrated by that seem unjust, that he's feeling unfairly oppressed and attacked, and he writes this psalm. You can see David's uh, frustration show up right away in the psalm. If you look at the first two verses of the psalm, uh, his lament takes this form of a serious protest. And here's the crazy thing. David isn't protesting against the government. He's not protesting against the media. He's not protesting against other protesters or some other group. David is protesting against the Lord. <laughs> he, he is frustrated and angry, and his lament is boiling over, and he is getting in God's face. He's getting in God's face and saying, hey, what's the deal? This is unfair. This is unjust. Listen to the first two verses of the psalm. How long will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long... Shall my enemy be exalted over me? Four times David gets in God's face and he's saying, Hey, listen, how long? How long? How long? How long? David is protesting, God, this is unfair. This is unjust. God, what is happening to me? He's tired of waiting for God to show up and act on his behalf. He's like, Where are you? God, you say you're good. 
what are you doing? Where are you? Uh, how long are you going to keep hiding your face from me? Show your face. Show your face and show that you care. Do something about it. So what are you protesting in your life right now? Where are those feelings of frustration about things that seem unfair in your life or unjust in life in general? Where are those emotions of anger and frustration, of lament, where are they boiling over in protest, whether externally or inside of you internally? What are you protesting right now? My wife and I met our friend Pamela uh, years ago when her husband abandoned her and her young daughter, Brianna. Uh, Brianna, who is autistic, uh, is 19 years old now, and it is getting more difficult for Pamela as a single mom to be able to care for her. Uh, it can seem overwhelming for Pamela uh, to try to love and care for Brianna uh, and communicate with her daughter, her daughter who at times seems trapped in a shell and is angrily trying to break out of that shell. And there are times when Pamela's frustration boils over, sometimes with us in person, but oftentimes with my wife on the phone, where she is lamenting, deep lament of frustration and sadness and anger, uh, of wondering and protesting against God. God, you say you are good, uh, but this is all so unfair uh, that, that my husband uh, abandoned me uh, Brenna's father abandoned her. We're struggling trying to figure out how to make ends meet. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to care for my daughter and get the best care for her. How long are you going to keep hiding your face? Show your face. Show that you care. Do something. Uh, so often feeling this frustration and protesting against God. And as Christians, the idea of protesting against God, it can make us feel really uncomfortable. Uh, it's one thing to protest against someone else. This is unfair. But protesting like that against God, it, it can make us feel like we're being disrespectful. That how, how can I actually go to God and, and get in his face and protest against him? Yet our God is a God who listens, and he listens in love. He wants to hear our laments. He desires to hear our frustrations. He even is available and there to hear our protest as we protest him in things that we think are unfair and unjust and may even be. And yet at the same time, even as God invites us to bring his protest to him, even as he says, yes, bring those protests to me, yet at the same time he doesn't want us to get forever caught up and stuck in our protest. Th that our life is just one long line of, of protesting against him and others. God desires to hear those protests, but he also desires to move us beyond them. Look again at Psalm 13, if you have your Bible open. It's basically broken up into three different parts. Uh, the first two verses we heard, uh, David is protesting against God. Uh, but notice that, that God moves David from protesting against him, and he moves him into verses 3 and 4. And in verses 3 and 4, David moves from protesting against God 
to praying to God, to asking God for his help, from protest and then to prayer. And then in verses 3 and 4, he's praying to God, and God moves David from praying to him, then in verses 5 and 6, to praising him. David's protest and prayer is turned into praise of God. So this psalm, just in six little verses, moves from David's protest against God to prayer to God to praise of God. But with us, see, a lot of us can never get past the protest mode. We get stuck there. We get caught up and stuck with the whys and the whats and the hows, and we want an answer right away, and we never get to the good stuff. What David, David teaches us in Psalm 13 is that if your protests against God, it never leads to praying to God, which in turn never results in the praise of our God, then you're going to be protesting a long time. And you're never going to have any peace in your life. So how does this happen? Uh, how, how do we go from protest to prayer uh, and then to praise and having this peace in our life? Well, we'll check out the first part of verse 5 in our psalm. Uh, David says to God, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. I have trusted in your steadfast love. And see, for David... Trust is the ultimate issue. And trust is what allows him to go from protesting to prayer and then to praise of God. Trusting God's steadfast love, it's the most important idea in the Old Testament. God's steadfast love was connected to his promises that he made in his covenant with his people. To speak of God's steadfast love was to speak of his, his perfect record of faithfulness. Uh, that his history of always showing up at just the right time and giving his people just what they needed. Uh, that, that God, to trust in God's steadfast love was to trust in God's legendary love that always, always comes through. The trust in God's steadfast love was the trust that God always, always keeps his promises. Always. Trust in God's steadfast love it's especially important when life seems unfair and when God seems nowhere to be found uh, and our anger and our frustration is boiling over in protest. The reformer uh, Martin Luther uh, spoke, uh, often spoke of our God as a God who hides himself. Uh, because of the uh, oppression and the attacks that Luther felt, he had a real fear that God had turned his back on him. I see Luther in his life, he struggled with spiritual attacks that caused severe depression in his life. Uh, there's a story even one time when his wife Katie, uh, Luther had been in a spiritual depression for months, and his wife Katie didn't know what to do, so she dressed up in funeral garb. Uh, and she came and she knocked on the front door, uh, and Luther opened the door, and there she was in funeral garb. And he asked, what are you doing? And she said, well, I'm lamenting the fact that my husband is dead. Uh, talking to him, saying, look, you, you are in a stupor. You're stuck in your protest. Not only did he struggle with severe depression, Luther witnessed the plague. Think of COVID, but the Black Plague even more deadly. He witnessed the plague decimate his city of Wittenberg two different times. 
He had poor physical health. He suffered from gallbladder attacks periodically. He mourned the premature death of three of his children. Uh, he also experienced, as we know, persecution from the Pope and others who sought to quiet him and kill him. In his 1530 sermon on suffering, he addressed his own fears that God had hidden himself and forgotten about him and his followers. The interesting thing, in, a, in, a, in another place, Luther likened God's hiding his face from us to that of a father playing peekaboo with his child. And, and that the reason peekaboo works with a little child is because her senses are limited. Her senses are uninformed. Uh, see, her dad can trick her into thinking that if I can't see dad's face, uh, then he must be gone. And then all of a sudden when I can see dad's face again, dad's magically reappeared. Uh, that dad was gone, but now he's back. She hasn't learned that even though dad's face is hidden, his presence is still here with her. She hasn't learned that even though dad's face disappears, it's always going to return. And likewise, just because God seems to be hiding his face from us doesn't mean he isn't really with us. Luther trusted in God's steadfast love, not by trying to find where God was hiding his face from him, but by looking to God where he unequivocally shows his face and acts on our behalf. One of our readings today was from the Apostle Paul from the book of 2 Corinthians, from chapter 4, and verse 6 says this, Paul writes, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. What does this mean? It means that if we want to see God, we need to look to Jesus. From the earliest days of Christianity until now, believers have affirmed that God shows his face in Jesus. To know Jesus is to know God. Jesus lived the life, the perfect life that we could never live. Jesus died the death that we all deserve. Uh, the forgiveness he gives us is God's ultimate form of his steadfast love. It's its ultimate form of coming through. It's his ultimate form of showing up at just the right time and giving us exactly what we need. It's the ultimate form of God keeping his promises. So when you feel like God is hiding your face in your life, when you feel like, God, where are you? What are you doing? Why aren't you here acting on my behalf? When you feel like you're being treated unfairly, when you feel like you're being treated unjustly, and when you feel like God has forgotten you and ignored you, that's what you hold on to. That's what you remember. You hang on to God's steadfast love. You hang on to Jesus. He's the ultimate sign that God has not forgotten you and the ultimate proof of that is the cross see in the cross God shows up and he does something for you what does he do he turns his back on his own son and we can hear Jesus protesting in agony. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
See, in the cross, God hides his face from his perfect son so that he might turn his face towards you and me, his imperfect people, and give us life and give us hope, even in the midst of the struggles and the frustrations that we're going through. And we think about this, and we reflect on this, and we look in this, and we say, now this is unfair. This is unjust. The innocent one suffering on behalf of the guilty ones. We don't deserve it. And yet God's steadfast love endures forever for you and for me. Lately, our friend Pamela, she has been experiencing uh, deep lament, a lot of struggles with her daughter Brianna, and then Pamela with some of her own health issues that she's been struggling through. And that lament has sometimes turned to protest against God. But in the face of Jesus Christ crucified, Pamela sees God's steadfast love for her and for her daughter Brianna, and she clings to the promises. She hangs on and holds on to those promises that God is indeed for her today, and that God is indeed near to her, and that he will again show his face to comfort her and to strengthen her and to remind her that on the last day he will show his face once and for all to make all things new, even Brianna and to wipe away every lament from her heart. For a lot of different reasons, there's been a lot of lamenting going on in the past few months, and a lot of us feel like we have been unfairly oppressed and attacked. And a lot of us are expressing our laments in protests against God. Where are you, God? This is so unfair. This is so unjust. How long are you going to keep hiding your face? Show your face. Show that you care. Do something. Yet if our protests against God never lead to praying to our God, which in turn never result in our praise of God, then we're going to be protesting for a long time, and we're never going to have any peace in our lives. So today, in the midst of any frustration and sadness that you may be experiencing right now, may you hang tight. May you hold on tight to God's loyal and steadfast love in Jesus. And as you do, may your heart rejoice in God's salvation for you. May you sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord praises and thanksgiving, because in Jesus... He truly does deal bountifully with you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.